Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in our truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Hello and welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA. Here presents you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation, promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and empowering you, our listeners, to knowing and impacting the world around you. As always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Several ways you can do so. Follow us on all our social media. We are on Facebook, the Zero Network on Facebook. Go there. Like that page, follow that page, listen to archive shows far back as, oh boy, 2011, uh, go there, go there, follow us on Twitter. The show handle is at Zero Radio on Twitter. Go there, like us, follow us, leave comments, all that stuff. And my personal handle is at Lorenzo T. Neal, also Dr. Lorenzo Neal on Facebook and on Instagram. So, hey, we're there. We appreciate you following us. We appreciate your support, and if you have not done so, I want to invite you. I got a YouTube channel. Go there. Like and subscribe to that YouTube channel. I even put sermons up there occasionally, so you can go and see how I do what I do. Go there and become a patron uh, by going to patreon.com slash Lorenzo T. Neal. Sign up for one of the tiers where you can support. This is a listener-supported show, and we are excited about all the years that we have been on air, and you've afforded us, you've supported us, and we're continuing to do what we do, and we're grateful for it. As you know, today is the last day of of March, and I usually, I'm, I'm trying to adjust schedules. I tell you, um, I'm in a new season, doing a whole lot of things and trying to adjust my schedule. So I haven't been recording. I haven't been doing live or anything like that as as consistent as I would have liked. But, you know, it comes with the territory of making an adjustment. And, you know, <laughs> change comes inevitably with whether we want it or not. But I'm grateful for this uh, new uh yeah, season, if you want to call it that, whatever. I'm in this place, and I'm I'm grateful for it. New opportunities and uh, new doors opening. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Um, you already know what I'm going to talk about. If you if you clicked on this link and you saw the title, you know what I'm going to talk about. And uh, I know it's probably by now it's been well discussed. 
but I still want to talk about this incident with Chris Rock and Will Smith on the Oscars that happened on this past weekend. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, this probably won't even be a long show, so that's why I'm kind of delaying when I get to that particular topic. But I, I really do want to explore the dynamics of that interaction. You know, I've heard commentators from all different perspectives analyze this, and so I'm not doing an analysis or anything. I'm going to provide some type of commentary regarding this issue of the image of the black men, of the black man, the black male. Um, and uh, this perception of us, uh, no matter how lighthearted we can be or how mainstream we are, <laughs> we can still come across as threatening. And uh, so I'm going to explore it from that particular perspective. Also, from the, you know, because I am a pastor, I do have to bring the the construct and of the, the black church into it, and how 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 are we. Uh, Somewhat now we are not responsible. Black church is not responsible for the actions of Will Smith, the actions of anybody. <laughs> no, we're not responsible. But I think in some way we have contributed and we are complicit to uh the identity and the chaos we're experiencing in the black community. So yeah, and that's a lot. That's a big, 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 big statement right there. It's a lot to unpack. And um we're going to see if we can unpack, unpack it or not. And I am going to welcome your call if you're listening, because I am live. If you are listening live, you can call 347-237-5230 if you want to. If you're not listening, there's a chat that's up. You can leave something in the chat room. We might be able to see. Or just if you're listening to this later on, leave a comment. And you share, and we interact with you, so we we'll we'll know what's going on, and we we appreciate it. We appreciate all of it. All right, so let's get to this. Um, first, first, first and foremost, uh, man, this has been a a strange month. This has really been a strange month. You know, we have the invasion of Ukraine. We have this. Fairy tale run and uh, um, March Madness. We have what else going on? Oh, Katanji Brown Jackson being nominated and going through her confirmation, historic confirmation for Supreme Court seat, as well as the current only black person <laughs> on the Supreme Supreme Court, uh, Justice Thomas, facing his own health challenges and. Uh, a creative scandal involving his his wife. I mean, it's just been an interesting. This has really been a mark a mat a a March Madness month. So um, we can't explore all of that, but it's just really been it's just been an interesting two years, and it seems like although we're no longer plagued with the dominant headlines of the virus that shall not be named, and even though they're trying to creepily uh, put in a little uh, <laughs> sub-variant and try to, you know, they're trying. They really are trying. They're trying to raise that, say, oh, but the sub-variant of this Omicron is growing, and, you know, it's, it's crazy. We're not facing those headlines anymore. 
So they're, they're coming up with crazy stuff. Uh, they're, 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 the media is trying to find stuff <laughs> to get our attention. And you know, sometimes they don't have to find anything. And I'm not talking about local media. I'm talking about national media outlets, all national media outlets, conservative leaning, uh, liberal, progressive leaning, all of them. You know, they're in the same thing. Anyway, but they are really, really trying to find stuff to um, take our attention away from what's happening, you know, the high gas prices. All of us are feeling that high food prices. All of us are feeling that uh, higher inflation. All of us are feeling that. And we're all wondering, those who who uh, voted for the current president are wondering if they made the right decision because people were just ready to get rid of Trump. And I do understand that sentiment. I, I really do. You just wanted to get him out. You didn't care. And some people didn't care. And some people were very, very aware that they were holding their nose while they were pulling that lever, punching that button. <laughs> you know, and this is very, I, I'm ranting just a little bit. So please just allow me to rant for a few you know, it seems like these last four elections, you've, uh, presidential cycle elections, we've been basically voting for the lesser of two evils. Actually, I'd say uh, I'd go back to 2000. So these these last several, from 2000 to now, we've been holding our nose voting for the lesser of two evils. You know, and uh, I know some people, especially those who are diehard supporters of the particular uh, uh, political ideology, they they are uh, well. It is what it is. But anyway, anyway, I, I just wanted to uh, share those little rants before I got into the topic of the day because I didn't just want to jump into it. But this has been March has been an interesting month. And now that spring is here, I'm, I'm waiting to see what April is going to bring. <laughs> what kind of chaos will April bring, if any? I hope, I hope it will be no more. You know, I hope there will be resolution uh, to this Ukrainian issue. I hope that uh, no more lives will be lost, and I hope that um, while the world stage is doing its best to um, address Putin, President Putin, and, and, and um, do it diplomatically. You know, uh, Putin is set on doing whatever he is hoping to accomplish. I don't know. And, but uh, I hope a, a swift resolution comes. And I know some people are saying we should just take him out, but uh, we all know that would be too risky. And we should learn from we should learn from 2011, the uprising that happened in 2011, with um, in Egypt and in Syria and in Libya. Uh, we should learn in the United States. We don't need to be taking our leaders. We don't need to be trying to do that because when we back things like that, it has not worked in the best interest of the people of those countries. We know exactly what happened after. We uh, we sent in well we didn't send in troops but uh, we influenced strongly influenced 
be overthrowing Muammar Gaddafi. And I'm not supportive, so please don't be saying I am. I'm just saying, um, you know, when he was killed by his own people, not by states, by his own people, when he was killed by them, well, Libya has been in a state of chaos ever since, uh, over a decade now. Uh, with Egypt, they are they are a little more stable than they were, but when Egypt had that moment in uh, 2011, again, U.S. influenced, but basically driven by the people of that country. They're stable now, but they were unstable for a good while. And of course, Syria, uh, we tried to depose that person. <laughs> and as far as I know, that person is still in power. And we haven't heard another thing with Syria. And we see what happened with with uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan. And we could, we could go all over the the world where we have our secret hand of influence that has not worked out well for the people. And uh, there's much chaos going on in the world. We can talk about what's happening in the Congo, in Cameroon, and uh, many other places on the continent of Africa. The corruption is happening in many of these, these countries that the U.S. is benefiting from. Well, the West, let me be more specific, the West is benefiting from. Well, I didn't mean to go on that little rant there, but <laughs> y'all get what I'm saying. But I, I said all that to say I do hope that um, April will be a little less chaotic. And since we are in spring, moving towards summer here in the West, who knows what could happen? Who knows what could happen? I just hope and hope and hope. And that's all we can do, hope and hope and hope. Uh, so let's get right into it. It was the slap that was heard and seen around the world. It was the slap that was heard and seen around the world. That slap was just one one thing. I watched the replay of it. As a matter of fact, I woke up to the replay of it, and I couldn't tell if it was, you know, a skit or scripted. I didn't know because, um, you know, when I first watched it, you know, dude walks up there calmly, and the other end of Chris Rock is responding like, uh-oh. You know, and then the slap happens, and then he walks back calmly. So I couldn't tell initially until I watched all the un, uncensored um, playbacks where, you know, Will goes on defense. And let me be transparent for a moment. Um, and I, I talked about this uh, during Bible study the other day. Well, I had a very similar incident uh, without the physical (laughs) aspect of it. But I had gotten, I was at a recent, I was at a gathering recently with uh, friends, and we got in, uh, myself and another gentleman got into a heated discussion. At first it was lighthearted, and and it went from lighthearted and jest to serious 
and from serious to heightened. And I got out of character, and <laughs> and it was it was funny to those who were watching, looking at me get out of character, and use coarse language and everything. It was funny because I don't do that. That's that's not my character. Uh, and then I don't think they really believed what was happening was happening. You know, my outburst. <laughs> I don't think they really they thought. They didn't take it serious. Let me put it that way. They didn't take it serious because all of those who were present have known me for some time, and like, nah, that's that's not him. But then when they realized, I stormed out the room, and that's how upset and angry I was. I stormed out the room, and then they were like, "Oh, he mad, mad," and it was embarrassing. I tell you that much. For one, it was embarrassing. Uh, so uh, I had to gather myself afterwards. It took a moment for me to gather myself. And the next day I had to follow up with apologies to all the persons present because, and I, you know, that was out of character behavior for me. And all of them realized it, but um, still couldn't believe that it happened. And, and apologizing you know, not did I not only did I say how disrespectful it was, especially to the host at the uh but to the entirety of the persons who knew me and I felt it only right that I, you know, <laughs> make the apology. Now I am not a celebrity and this was just a private event, you know. But I understand contextually what would happen, you know, that the, the Initial conversation was was on something that was really personal, and, and though it began in jest, I can you know, hey, it rises up. That sometimes the beast rises up, and to use that language, not saying that you know, I have beast or a demon or anything like that. I'm just using that that language allegorically. Um, but anyway, I was able to reconcile, but I had done damage, especially to a very, very dear friend and others. I had done damage. And person was like, yeah, I, I accept your apology, forgive you and all that, but it's going to take a few moments for me to reconcile what happened that moment. You know, <laughs> you know, never seen you having such an outburst and seeing that, you know, that, that kind of shifts my perspective of you to agree. And I say, who you tell it? Man, for me, I was grieved after experiencing that. I mean, I was I was terribly broken afterwards. And uh, not only did the Lord had to minister to me, but I had to others minister to me to help me get out of that that, that space. But anyway, I I recovered and, and you know, it is what it is. And in hindsight, I realized, and other parties all involved realized, you know, that the conversation could have have shifted if we had allowed it to, but because we were all, well, me being stubborn more so than anybody else, <laughs> I would be, I would be more stubborn trying to defend a, a point, and uh, I just had to be right. I don't know, everybody, all of you may have been in that space at one point. Well, you just had to be right. <laughs> but anyway, so that's my story. That, that's kind of how I was viewing uh, the 
incident between Will Smith and Chris Rock. That's how I was viewing it. You know, the fact that this interaction stems from something very personal. And, you know, people have analyzed the uh, because in saying that the joke that Chris Rock made regarding um, uh, Jada Smith, Will Smith's wife, was inappropriate, being that she has alopecia, uh, hair loss. And I have family members who have suffered with that. My uh, grandmother, before she passed, that was an uh, unfortunate by, uh, byproduct of her illness. And there's nothing you could do about it, you know. And a joke is a joke. We all know that. Comedians, that's what they're supposed to do. And there are various clips of Chris Rock doing it with others and Will Smith uh, doing comedy, you know, jokes about other individuals. And, you know, there was all those kind of memes and everything and all of that. It's been over-analyzed, over-talked, anything, everything. But the one thing I related to is the fact that whatever triggered Will Smith and many other uh, pundits have, have said this was not the joke but it was probably the boiling over of several other emotions that that formed you know came together to make the perfect storm and I said that in regarding my incident you know it's just something that created the perfect storm I've been in more contentious or situations where I responded <laughs> real cool. And I'm quite sure Will Smith probably has done the same thing. And I was reading uh, a post by a brother of mine, um, uh, Dr. Um, C.J. Rose. And I want to, if I can pull it up, I know it's on here somewhere. Um, I, he, he, he summed it up for me very well. Um, this is this is what he says. You know, as a cool, calm, collected guy, there are moments when suppressed rage bubbles up. You get tired of being the good and godly guy all the time. Yes, we all have a limit. Uh, but more importantly, is that one man he says Denzel, an older man with divine wisdom, reminded Will that at our highest moment, the devil shows up. And even when I'm tempted to give in to the rage, I remember that it's very male might be my undoing. And um, so and he goes on to say, for every tired brother, every disrespected and disregarded brother, do what you have to do. But don't let the devil distract you from doing from something bigger. <laughs> Your weakness, find strength in God's sufficient grace. And um, I, I, I completely identified with that statement and I shared it. Uh, uh, across some of my social media and because again the moment I just shared about my personal experience was that moment you know <laughs> you get tired of always being uh, the the good guy the quiet guy the humble guy that people think they can walk over and then the next thing you know it comes up and, and I said it's for that that perfect storm now I'm going to be honest with you. I think it was very distasteful. <laughs> and, of course, it is embarrassing. And um, 
everything else you can imagine. And I'm sure quite, I'm very sure both of those men realized that. And I'm grateful for the, the, rea- the reaction from Chris, Bump, Chris Rock. Let me tell you why. Because it shows that he can, he can keep calm under pressure. And there are people who say, hey, he braced for that. He knew it was coming. It was a, it was, it, this was an act. This was planned and all of this. And there are, there are a whole lot of people who, who are saying, y'all buying into this. This, is, this was staged. I don't think it was. But again, like I said, at the initial beginning of this, this uh, deer tribe, <laughs> that I initially thought it was skidded, you know, I, that's what I initially thought because the way Will Smith swaggers up there and swaggers back to his seat without the uncensored version, it did come across as, and you know, the way Chris Rock responded immediately, it did come across as something that was sketched. But then hearing the intensity of the language Will Smith used about Jada, y'all probably heard it, so I'm not even going to say it again. It's simply reflective of this man's boiling point. And everybody gets to that boiling point. Matter of fact, there have been movies made about a man getting to his boiling point, or a woman getting to that boiling point and going off. And those sometimes those are best-selling movies. There are books about it. You know, in this case, it's probably art imitating life, imitating art. You know, and so what I think is unexpected is the fact that it was these two successful black men. You have Chris Rock, who has hosted this ceremony uh, before on a number of occasions, well received. He's he's accepted in mainstream. You know, white people love him, and he has done this. He did this whole documentary on. Black women hair, acknowledging his daughters and whatever. He does this little documentary called Good Hair. And they were saying that the fact that he said this joke about G.I. Jane, um, implying that Jada's hair loss, you know, could get her that role, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? It was poor, a very, very poor, distasteful joke. And we'll, from from the camera angles, I saw he initially laughed, and she gave him that look like, mm, you didn't. That's when they, he walked up there. But anyway, these two men, both mainstream successful authors, I mean actors, respected comedians in their own right, uh, but still very much black men, display uh this behavior is 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 troubling uh for a number of reasons. One is troubling because uh the way the ceremony continued and the way people received Will Smith after his acceptance or during his acceptance speech uh, says a whole lot about Hollywood celebrities. And I said this before and I continue to say this. Celebrities, Hollywood, they're in their own stratosphere. We cannot imitate them. 
if a myself as a black man in a public event slaps another black man and we know there's security there, we know there's police officers there, guess what? We, especially the aggressor, will not make it out that ceremony <laughs> without being in handcuffs or if they're very extreme, you know, hurt, if not dead. That's just a reality. Uh, but celebrities, you know, they live in their own little stratosphere, their own little world. And they were quick because he said some very, very good words. You know, love and not about violence and I like what he said. Love will make you do some crazy things. <laughs> uh, yeah. They gave him a pass. And then he goes on. He was able to, to celebrate his win. You know, he, he's one of the few black men who have won an Oscar. And then the contrast that with the two, uh, with the on um presentation of Denzel Washington giving Samuel L. Jones the honorary Oscar and to see them embrace. The contrast, you have these two older veteran actors display love. It's not aired. It's not even really discussed. Then you have these two younger actors, also very successful, respected, have this negative interaction. And that is what goes viral. You see the contrast I'm trying to trying to see set here. The imagery of black men promoted by that industry is one that's negative because that's what makes them money. That's what makes them money. That's what gets them profits. That moment between Chris Rock and Will Smith went viral because for many white people, it was like, well, you could take a person out the hood, but you can't take a hood out the person. Even though I don't believe either one of them would really, I think Chris Rock may have come up in what we would call the hood, but Will Smith definitely didn't come up in the hood. And some people would even go so far as to say you can take the Negro out the Negro, <laughs> but you can't take the mm out the mm and y'all can fill in the blank it's another n word i can say it but i just choose not to and there's that dissonance there there's that cognitive dissonance between those persons and and you know let me let me let me get on this real quick you know to the white people who responded jim carrey and um what's that the other lady the actress Amy Schumer, who responded, talking about uh, Amy Schumer talking about I was triggered, and Will, uh, I mean um, Jim Carrey said he was he was angry and he would have sued. Man, they, this isn't about you. I don't even see why they even had them discussing this. <laughs> you know, of course they're going to be biased. Of course they, their their mindset, their perspective is always one of degenerative perspectives and perceptions of black people. I don't care how. I'm not trying to be negative in it, in this, but that's just the way it is. Subliminally, 
They all see us the same way as threatening. They see all black men as threatening. No matter how successful or wealthy you are, how influential you are, subliminally, those persons will always see you as threatening. And if your anger happens to show as it did in this particular incident, you become more threatening. You can act it. That's fine. We want to see you act angry. We want to see you beat up. You know, I, I, I was sharing this with with a, a colleague of mine. So Denzel didn't win the Oscar for portraying wonderful people, for portraying the coach um, in Remember the Titans, for portraying his character. Uh, well, I mean, uh, who else? So many things that he portrayed. The father who was out of insurance trying to get his son in the hospital and the number of other movies that he's made. The Oscar that he got him, that he got was portraying a, a violent black man who said King Kong ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> and I don't think Will Smith has portrayed or Chris Rock have portrayed violent black men. Now, Chris Rock did portray Pookie, the crackhead, in New Jack City. Will Smith has played uh, characters that white people can adapt to, you know, Seven Pounds, uh, Bag of Vance, uh, of course, Men in Black and Independence Day, and where he's given these you know, image of strong black men who can save you, right? In reality, they don't really want that. We see what happened when Barack Obama was elected. <laughs> and I, well, I may not have agreed with his policies. I wasn't completely antithetical to the man because I'm like, okay, I got to identify with him in something because we do share the same sense of identity. You know, he identified as a black man. Went to a black church. Sat on to one of my favorite preachers of all time. Gotta give you that. And integrated himself into the black community even though he had never been in the black community. He decided to integrate himself into the black community to represent them and he did well in that sense. You know, but he was never disenfranchised. He was never really, well, maybe when he went over to Indonesia and you know, had to swift shift to being Muslim, maybe he was disenfranchised then briefly. Maybe coming back to the States, having to readapt to a, a black identity, maybe. Maybe he could identify, but that's the other part. That's way off. The point I'm making is that perception of black men and those actions uh, was sanctioned and it was profitable for that industry. So the question now becomes, what can we do? What can we do to change the image of black men, especially, you know, black celebrities? Well, I'll give you another scenario. When the movie 
Straight Outta Compton came out, NWA movie, and you had uh, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre, the formidable wealthiest members of the group, you know, push this movie, and (laughs) the, the reality of their character was also brought to the light with Ice Cube not really being a gangster gangster that he was rapping about, you know, and Dr. Dre uh, being this uh, abuser and all of this. And, you know, so the, the, the success was con- uh, contradicted by their, their past. And the imagery, and of course, I'm gonna be honest with you. This is this is a whole different thing. But I'm gonna be honest. I never saw N.W.A. as a gangster rap group. I have the, I still have the CDs, and I listened to the music, and most of the music was funny. The lyrics were funny. Easy E was a funny dude, you know. And I can't think of much. Well, I I can I can understand why it was. It was labeled as gangster because you know they didn't shy from the imagery of that. But if you actually listen to the songs, a majority of the songs were comedy, and there were some people who were saying it was they were more satirical rap group. And think about Chris Rock starting starring in a movie where he was an upper middle class black person who took on the identity of. Uh, C block or uh, D block, I can't remember. Y'all remember? And uh, this rap, gangster rap. <laughs> I'm way off now. <laughs> I'm way off. But the entire, the entirety of that, that industry, the media industry, the movie industry, the music industry. Profits off it off the negative perception of black men, not not so much as black women as they do black men, and they do it with black women too. You know how they talked about Cardi B and all of them, whoever else I can think about, but they profit off this. We already know nine times out of ten when a local news station airs anything about murder or a robbery or any type of aggressive crime, they're going to put up the mugshots and nine times out of ten, the mugshot is going to be a black male. We already know the great majority of homicides committed in this country are committed um, by black men against black men. A lot of the violence in urban communities are black men against black men. And though it's not celebrated, it is recognized. And the entire point of the Black Lives Matter movement was because of violence against black men. And they glorified it. You know, just the movement really wasn't to raise awareness. Well, it was to raise awareness. But in raising awareness, they they again highlighted the fact that black men are perceived as threats. And not only as we are we perceived as threats by um by each other 
and by others outside of our community, we are threats that must be immediately dealt with. And you contrast what happened between Chris Rock and Will Smith because of their celebrity, they got a pass. You know, Chris Rock played it off well, continued with his his presentation, and Will Smith played it off well, accepted his award with tears and party, but still leaves the image of black men tainted. And like I said, there have been a number of black men who have analyzed this, calling Will Smith's behavior simpish, that he, you know, he only reacted because his wife made him react, that he should have addressed uh, the young man that his wife was in an entanglement with in the same manner that he, had, he addressed Chris Rock. And, and you know, they're calling, they're, they're saying all of that, but that's, be, that's just a tangent of the reality of what, what it is, as, at least from my perspective and in my opinion. You know, if it hadn't if it had hadn't backstage, that would have been a whole different perhaps would have been a whole different uh, response and reaction, and a lot more negative publicity. If it had happened off site after hours at a party or something like that, it would have been a whole different reaction. A response. You know what I'm saying? And it's just it's just a bit overwhelming. You know, we have to and while women are standing up with Will Smith saying that he defended his wife and you know he stood up to bully and all that stuff, you know, black women need men to defend them, black men need to stand up and you know, defend black women and and all of that. That's well and good. And, you know, maybe he should have. Maybe he should not have. I don't know. The reality, again, goes back to the perception of black men. Black men, no matter how well we are, how influential we are, how successful, wealthy we are, will always be perceived that way. That's why uh, white women could, back in the day, and even still today, can say that if something bad happens to them, they can blame it on a black person, black man. They get raped, and they know the rapist was not a black man, but don't want to admit all they can say is, and describe him as a black man, and guess what? That black man will get the full penalty. And we're seeing that happen where now people are being exonerated because of false claims like that. We've got a long way to go to change the perception of black men. I know, and I have hopes that we can do it, but at the same time, we've had a black president, the highest office in the land, perhaps even in the world. And if he didn't get the respect, 
even from his own party, some of them <laughs> didn't want him. What makes you think of Carmen Joe, Tyrone, Pookie on the block is going to get it? Yeah. Need to hear no there. That's that's my rant for the day. <laughs> I love to hear what you think about it. So please make sure that you uh, leave a comment. Let me know. Hit me up. I I love to hear that. Also, um, if you haven't done so, be sure to follow us on all the social media. As I said before, we're on Facebook, Zero Network on Facebook, Doctor Lorenzo Neal on Facebook, on the Instagram, on Twitter at Zero Radio and Lorenzo TBL, and support us by becoming a patron. We are looking forward to your great, great support. And I'll be listening out for some other announcements I have later on as we go forward. And if you haven't done it, get a copy of my latest book. It's a book of poetry called He Was Clean, available on Amazon, and Lorenzo T. Neal. So do that. So that's all I got. I'm going to get out of here, and I appreciate you so much. And till next time. See ya. You're listening to Zira today with Dr. Lorenzo Neal. Views expressed by guests on this show are not necessarily Thank you again for listening and tune in for another great show.